Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor? It's the best place to start your podcast journey from. So, in case you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain and give give you give you guys more information about Anchor. It's free. There's a there's creation tools that allow you to record and and edit your podcast right from your phone or or computer. Anchor will d- distribute the podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more such prominent platforms. We can we as podcasters can also make money from our podcast with minimum uh, listenership. You don't need to build a huge listener base to make money out of a podcast. And simply put, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in just one place or in one platform and most importantly i would urge everyone listening to cricket unplug to download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm that is anchor a n c h o r .fm to get started on your podcasting journey thank you episode of our podcast uh, cricket unplugged where we talk about cricket and uh, much much more so uh, rakhav and i today will be talking about something which was uh, uh, which was very much um, spread throughout the cricketing world it had uh, a great connection on what was happening in the world uh, not just inside uh, the for the boundary ropes of a cricket field it it transgressed nations and uh, it included a whole community by itself so yes we are talking about the black lives matter movement and uh, nobody can forget the wonderful uh, you can't really say a speech because it was something sort of words which came out from the hearts of the great fast bowler michael holding so Uh, a bowler a 6 feet 8 inch bowler who terrorized opposition uh, breaking his uh, heart and uh, giving words with uh, tears on his eyes was uh, some sort of a picture which uh, cricket fans will not really forget for any time soon so we could not uh, do anything but yes give a, a small to- a small podcast on the same dedicated to uh, not just um, michael holding and the uh, racism factor which is seen in the sport but uh, a little bit more than uh, the sport let's say hi rakhav uh, i am sure you would have also seen that uh, wonderful uh, ex- wonderful you know opening up which michael holding did do you think that it was it is it it was so necessary or let me rephrase it by saying the necessity of it 
is extremely high right now that people really uh, start speaking of it yeah hi hi uh, yeah i think uh, if you look at the significance of his talk so it actually comes at a very crude uh, critical juncture where he had a black man in america george floyd being killed in front of thousands of people and uh, nobody bothered to even come and uh, give a give a supporting hand we, and there is let a black man die so i think that's spurred this movement against blacks and uh, i think it was not it was not required that michael holding had to open up his heart in this manner but i think what he saw in uh, usa what his parents and what he himself went through as a child and i think all those haunting memories came back to him and then when they put him on the spot and when he saw there is this uh, huge outpouring of people who are coming out in support by saying black lives matter and uh, i think he felt it was the right and opportune moment to educate as he said the society needed to be educated that there is uh, no difference between black and white that we don't have to discriminate between people just because of the skin skin color so i think it this came out there is no pre planned thing it's not necessary that he bought it up but i think it very heartening and it was pretty uh, eye eye opening 15 minutes i think for the world i would say not just for fans or the sport but for because such a person such a uh, influential person who is widely known for his skills on the field and now off the field to come out and present not only a sport point of view on this issue but he had lot of examples of how racial studies were conducted uh, in the police force in schools and how society is just not been tuned in the right way so i think that's why he, he struck a, a deeper chord and uh, not and and that's why i feel more and more it's again a very sad thing that even in 2020 people have to come out and support people when it comes to color it's high time people move on and this should not happen but it still happens it's very much rampant in usa you know it's very much rampant in the west actually and even i'm sure you and me at some point of our lives we have been taunted because of our skin color so it hits us also at a personal level although maybe we are past that phase where we allow those comments to dominate our thoughts or how we uh, react to somebody but i think it brought back some tough comments be people passed about my skin color about from where i came from being called a madras and this that and many other things which i don't want to uh, bring about here in this podcast <laughs> but it did bring back such memories so, so that is the impact which michael lording speech had 
on me as a first as a cricket fan and as a person in general who is supposed to be as he called educated and part of this society who just allows black people to be treated the way they are so we are also in a way in a way propagating this kind of culture which is very sad so yeah it is very 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 disturbing actually but uh, definitely hopefully there's a change yeah and uh, definitely that's what uh, nasir hussain also said that uh, we should not be wearing this black lives matter badge at all during this time uh, it was way past that we understood what happened and he went on to uh, say the amount of uh, discrimination even he had faced uh, uh, right, right. starting years so uh, rako fair point you made there but uh, what do you think uh, can sport as as a uh, a symbol sports sports uh, people are not just athletes these days you know not like how it used to be in 60s and 70s today they are influencers mm-hmm. today they are sports people are uh, idols sports people have a place of authority they are literally brands by themselves so what do you think can sport as Uh, sport and the sports people as uh, an organization by itself do uh, within their power to fight against uh, this sort of uh, discrimination and bring awareness in 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 uh, the community so i think as sports people they have a obligation if you ask me fight for this cause in in a very indirect manner one classic example i can give is uh somebody who is a global sports icon now virat virat kohli so once he started to uh, endorse fanas creams when when he was in the starting of his peak around 2012 or 2013 in, in that phase but then he saw a backlash of uh tweets and some comments passed against blacks or by saying that okay virat kohli is uh, uh, endorsing uh, fan i think far and handsome if i'm not wrong the brand so that means if if virat kohli can uh, say that if we put the cream we, we can become fair and the ad went on went as far as to say that if you use the cream uh, you can become a successful player or something so it was that racist in its tone that virat kohli himself did some introspection and he stopped endorsing the such brands and i don't think he does does so even now so the point is people of power like you said in sports and the fact that sportsmen sports people across sports not not only cricket have such a wide reach so it goes hand in hand with the film stars i guess in uh, india so when you have big stars in india like amitabh bachchan or shahrukh khan somebody who endorses farhan ansam it actually pulls down people like virat kohli and the his his breed who try to make it a more level playing field but uh, anyway it's about how you perceive it so i think as sports people what they can do is they should first in my opinion it's little 
tough on them but they should stop sledging people based on the skin skin color or based on the uh, religion they are from if they can do that it will be good but i think that is something which will take some time to happen but i think the positive sign as i said is people who are at such high authority and ranked so high like holy has taken such a strong stance and i am sure he has been offered lot of money to endorse the fundraise scheme but he has his own ethics and i'm happy and i think through that if you see that there's not many acts coming out anymore and a larger uh, positive of this is unilever removed the far from far and hansen uh, uh, this is very i think five or seven days back it happened so it's a large larger debate larger issue but vast sports people can come in is like when they know that they are followed this this widely thanks to social media don't propagate hate that's the simple thing they can do don't endorse brands which are clearly anti black or anti brown or saying to say that if you put a certain cream or you apply a certain gel your skin will glow and your your performance on the field will glow so first you are setting a rock example to kids as well who blindly follow a star a sports star by saying that okay if i put this cream maybe i can play for india one day so that kind of mentality shouldn't seep in in their mind and second is people understand the gravity of the issue so like i brought up in my last podcast person like abhinav mukund came out very strongly about the uh, issues he faced in with uh, respect to his color in 2017 but uh, i am not sure many people even know that somebody like him had put out such a strong strong strong, strong comment so it is about who does it as well so abhinav mukund for his is uh, what he call fantastic first class career isn't a great or popular name probably outside outside south india so it's so, again people who matter if they can do more more people like virat kohli should come out in the open and talk about this it may not be it, it doesn't have to be direct in tone it can be indirect as i said i would again repeat the point by saying that when they play on the field especially against sri lanka or a, or a west indies even for joke i would hope that there won't be any sledges by calling them kala kali kalu uh, all that kind of things. so that small bits of uh, positivity shown can actually lead to a larger impact from a sports persons uh, perspective is what uh, i feel on this issue yes rakav uh, very correct and uh, we have been focusing on uh, uh the discrimination uh, which is uh, prevalent in the case of race but uh, discrimination sadly does not really stop at that so if you look at uh, teams wherein uh, people of the same race so first of all uh, there is only one human race and then black white and 
let's say brown or yellow are just uh, uh, creations of probably the literate uh, just to create a supremacy for one race against the another but that apart uh, when you talk about skin color face uh, a lot of discrimination but when you also uh, talk about uh, beliefs especially religious beliefs you do face a lot of uh, discrimination in that too for example uh, danish kenaria from pakistan and nitin das from bangladesh are two people who have uh, pretty recently and mm-hmm. uh, pretty continuously come up with uh, uh, a case of discrimination based on their beliefs uh, probably in, um, mm-hmm. in 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 a cricket team which is uh, dominated by people of another uh, religious belief even coming from a country let's say which is uh, full of people coming from a different religious belief but uh, isn't that also to be uh, spoken about i mean uh, as much as racial discrimination is there even this is present i don't you think that uh, people should come out and speak of other yes, kinds of discrimination they, yeah yeah i think they should but it doesn't get spoken about much in my personal opinion because of the fact that the players who are so called discriminated are in the number one or the the best players in the team although you could say danish kanira was a premier spinner, spinner during his time but then uh, if you look at the other bowlers who came after him like a said said ajmal or yasisha they took away all the all the all the glory away from danish danish uh from kanaria uh, so i think it is to do with how popular how powerful you are so that's why people just tend to ignore them so that's a case and point where you can say that even uh, yusuf yuana had to become mohammed yusuf to get larger acceptance in pakistan and we know how good a batsman yusuf yuana or mohammed yusuf are in matter it didn't change so his batting his run flowing ability his scoring technique and the skills etc didn't change just by him changing into from a christian to muslim so just uh, about who who we pick and choose i guess because we have very few cases where that discrimination happens on terms of uh, religion in uh, cricket but there is a lot of hate which is which is seen targeted towards the muslim dominated uh, countries like a pakistan bangladesh afghanistan a classic example i can give from my personal experience is when uh, in the 2015 is uh, yes 2015 world cup when when pakistan were playing So in a match, I was sitting with my office colleagues in the pantry, and the yeah. match was being played. So you have ten people, well educated because they are working in a MNC. There are many engineers, so different different backgrounds. So, and the first comment which comes out of six or seven of the ten people sitting is, "Why are they showing twenty-two Muslims playing?" 
this is that actually i got enraged listening to it because i don't know i don't know where that hate comes from where that ideology seeps into into them that all muslims are bad yes i understand there is this islamophobia because of what's happening around the world in the terms of terrorism you cannot say islam or muslims are pure or are probably can are equal to other other beliefs like a hindu or a christian because number of terror attacks is sadly linked to muslims so there is a definite stigma against muslims and sadly muslim playing countries as well so for example pakistan they got deprived of playing in their home conditions and if that wasn't worse enough people from pakistan don't get noticed and don't get uh, appreciated and if you ask a uh, sample size of 10 people especially in india nine of them will say they are they are they are pakistanis or they are uh, jihadis so why should i i follow for example a babar azam they don't want to have a look at his batting he is a pakistan cricketer so that's the point i brought up in one of our, our earlier podcast as well hmm. why are you attacking the players the, uh, the pressure is from both the sides because lately uh, i believe it is definitely due to un- non cricketing reasons that uh, barbarism had been i believe pressurized to say something like so uh stop comparing me to virat kohli i would actually prefer myself to be compared to other pakistani wow. greats so this is definitely i believe uh, pressure from the inside units people from pakistan probably you know who really do not want their star kid to be compared to an indian great so very much yeah. so the it In, with regards to this issue i think it is pretty much rampant even now and i don't think to be frank cricket boards are very i think right word would be engrossed or interested to address the issue but then it it to be frank it won't affect them if i give an example of india we look at discrimination if you take out a mohammed sami from the playing eleven i don't think there is a, any other uh, uh, muslim playing for india now so i'm not saying that they select the team based on uh, person is a hindu or a muslim or a christian but if you look at the overall uh, composition of a side like india now were dominating world world cricket yeah only one one muslim in the 15 at least you could say in the 90s he had a muslim captaining the country to give a more secular picture or whatever and then he had players like irfan patan then he had zahir khan who through his skill could serve the nation for a long time so you had cases but even in a country like india which is secular i don't know there are any non hindus who have made it big so it could do it could be largely due to the player skill so i'm not i'm not bringing in that 
religious angle into it but i'm just giving a larger picture here country like india which is so widely followed and loved look at the records look at how many players have played for the country and do a by by fraction of number of hindus who have played for india number of christians number of muslims the numbers will speak for itself so i think it's clearly a issue which has been rampant since the 1940s or 1950s it's just mm-hmm. that the people in power refused to take any action because it didn't it didn't affect them act in any way like how we how we started this uh, question about the danish danish career so mm-hmm. when he was in this downslide he was caught in a max max fixing scandal if i'm not wrong so i simply mm-hmm. for people who wanted to do something for him and to bring justice for him etc even those people side side away thanks to mm-hmm. his own deeds so unfortunate but that is a reality these people will have to probably fight harder than the others to make a name name for themselves and that is true we do it anyone in a largely uh, dominant kind of setup if you are a minority you are going to suffer any any aspect of life i guess not not this is more rakam well put that uh, it is funny that we are in 2020 right now and still having to speak of such things but uh, i wouldn't be amused if somebody in 2070s also 50 years around the line is also talking regarding the same because to completely change the human psyche and the human uh, framework of thought i will think that will really require a complete uh, paradigm shift altogether so why i say that is one of the books which has influenced me a lot not just influenced me probably it's one of the greatest books i've ever read in my life uh, not just in cricket but outside of it is beyond the boundary by uh, clr james so when i first got mm-hmm. to read that in i think uh, 10 years back about uh, i guess even more than that when my uncle first gave to me i i i was a guy who was a huge cricket fan but i could not really uh, make so much sense about that book because it was more about the political scenario in the caribbean it was more about uh civil rights and the strife and uh, the the struggle for power and the, the struggle for daily bread in fact and uh, how the whites ruled over the west indies during the 20s and the 30s i mean even even much more into that so uh, in the book uh, there is a striking uh sentence which i still remember he mentions that uh in the west indies cricket team it was always dominated by white batsmen and black people were never allowed to be in the team even if they got into the team where they were only bowlers because uh the white people did not want to get tired bowling so they always uh, wanted to practice mm-hmm. and the black people for the west indies was george hedley mm-hmm. george hedley was the first black batsman to play for the west indies and he was a jamaican 
and uh, clr james the writer notes that it was almost celebrated as a victory in the whole of the islands because when a black batsman got to play amongst the white batsmen it was almost like as if they found a place in which the black people are necessarily equal to the white people and then you had uh, george hedley becoming the first uh, you know black player to captain the west indies and then you had frank worrell who was the first full time captain of the west indies they have really uh, moved forward from there but uh, also uh, there has been a lot of wonderful wonderful performances from the west indies especially in the 70s they were the best team they were making statements Uh, somewhere down the line mm-hmm. i still feel that you know things uh, have not really gone in the direction that the west indies really wanted to even today we enjoy their game but i believe what uh, a sealar james envisioned uh, back in the 30s or 40s do you really think that uh, it has been achieved uh, in today's world no no <laughs> sadly no it's not been achieved so even now we have of course now i think the issue is not as prevalent as he mentioned in the book when it comes to blacks overpowering the whites as such so the yes. topic of west indies cricket and their downfall is to do with probably every other every other aspect apart from the color of the skin i think so that is something which is pretty disheartening to see as a cricket fan as well because west indies and the flair so it is come down but the inclusivity and the fact that they were willing to uh move past the sick uh, sick kind of how sir james put it so it pretty sick how they had only the white bat and then have the blacks do the hard work so mm-hmm. that sort of uh, that sort of mentality has definitely changed now now if you look at the west indies team which is playing even currently there is not a single uh, white in the team so this certainly moved the other way when it comes to this particular point of view but on a larger scale it it's not a, it's not something which is has to my opinion affected west indies cricket so west indies cricket has been affected because there is a very paltry domestic circuit which is very substandard pitches and off late after the emergence and the popularity of t20 cricket you have seen all the big names uh, gravitating towards uh, more modern country so these are uh, uh, factors which is not related to creed caste color which is unfortunately haunted the caribbean flair as such mm-hmm. if you have to call it if you call it that way but yes i think see Sir James what he had envisioned to extend it is happening you don't see any white you don't see even a brown skin in the in the western teams so from a color perspective yes things have changed drastically from the 1940s 1930s to now 
but unfortunately there is a bad price to pay for it there is this cricket is not doing uh, that great but there are the upsets at least in the test in, on in the test match format so which is a positive sign i guess yeah exactly so uh, rakav uh, one more thing uh, which i would want to you know ask before concluding this part is uh, like so when we are talking about we have we have talked about uh, racism and how the discrimination has been affecting you know the country and everything do you really feel that uh, this can be used as uh, a form of strength because uh famously i mean uh brand lara just before the start of the series said that west indies will have to try to win the match within four days otherwise uh, they cannot handle it for five days and uh, um, mm-hmm. the black lives matter thing of course so uh, even michael holding at the end of the test match was saying the uh, bish my phone is uh, ringing with messages it is being clouded so there yes, is yes. an overall sense of uh, celebration around the west indies in this victory and at the same time a sense of uh, achievement and uh, a, a conquest which which you can clearly see in the eyes of at least the four fast bowlers uh, who are in the team uh, mm. do you think that yeah. uh, this this uh, situation can really revive the conditions they have an excellent captain also do you really think the situation can uh, revive and probably bring back a west indies not probably not the west indies of the 70s or 80s that might be too much to ask but at least the west indies of uh, probably the late 90s mm. probably so because as i was saying earlier there is already a very positive trend in this particular west indies team which is led by jason holder so you had already things going in the right f- favor but and i certainly agree that they get motivated by external issues like uh, the black lives matter so in 2017 i remember you had this contract issue and you yes if you remember jason holder from being a young uh, upcoming fast bowler was su- suddenly named the captain of the of their uh, test team out of out of nowhere because chris kale opted out many others famous names opted out of a test team to play in the in the big bash league i'm not sure so uh, some other t20 league which would pay them big bucks so that spoiled them and the end end result was a scintillating and what do you call job breaking performance in the 2016 world uh, 2020 yeah where yeah. uh, carlos brathwaite and the famous iconic line of ian bishop remember the name remember the name that echoes in everybody's mind even now so so that spur them so if you ask even ian bishop told this in cricket uh, person conversation with harsha bogle that harsha asked like was there any specific reason why that sort of emotion came out apart from the fact that it was a west indian and they won from absolute uh, 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 
early situation where England would have won it on on probably any other day. Like how twenty four runs in four balls, like you can't imagine such thing. So, so what he said is the fa- very fact that the West Indians as a troop or as a tribe, if you have to call it, they get spurred and motivated by adversity. So Absolutely. that was the word used. So the situation was so adverse where there are people who didn't have contracts. They actually boarded the flight without a contract. There's like some people like Darren Sammy who led them to two World T20 titles. Has been disgraced by their own board. So there is a serious issue there. So the so he himself was told. So you don't get even. Uh, so that's what. It, I think it it leads to what happened here now, with a uh, Michael Holding giving such a rousing and heartfelt speech on this topic, and what this whole uh, issue means worldwide actually, not only in the sport. So when they see that this kind of public outpouring of support and all that, so that come coming in for this issue, it motivated them more and it motivates them so certain teams don't let this happen so if i give an example let's say of a south australia or india i don't think anything like this can motivate them to perform better but west indies from my understanding and what i've seen of them over the years surely take this as one uh, they almost look at it as a 12th man sort of a thing so it <laughs> just propels them so i am not saying that this particular win in southampton came came about because of the black lives matter but they know that they are playing for a larger cause so all the players are rising above their weight and look at how german blackwood played that kind Absolutely. of measured calm sensible thing i think it came about that he had to stand up for his team that's one second is you know that there's a lot of things going around in the prelude to this game for the mainly the celebratory angle of of cricket and international cricket coming back post the lockdown and all that stuff so it's more of a positive thing and what it means to him being a, a racially or you can say a black in this situation so playing against whites in a completely white dominated country in england so all those factors kind of box down some people but west indians i don't think so they take it and they take it as a positive challenge and they have a very uh, fine captain and coach i would say jason holder and phil simmons who channelize these things uh, in the right way so i think it definitely did help and i think it will help them to i am going to as far as saying uh, by predicting that they will they will win the test series this coming year and you wow. can attribute 50% of that to the black lives matter uh, but i am very confident england will not come back from the first match loss it's not they don't have the team to be frank so well wonderful drag of that is uh, some very nice points there me personally being 
a die hard fan of uh, west indies cricket i really hope to see a, a series victory for the west indies in england i think that will be one victory which nobody will forget in the near future on that uh, mm. really positive note at least uh, from my personal point of view it's a positive note for me uh, it is great uh, having this podcast ragav and uh, i really wish your words do come true you know we'll have to wait for that yeah. probably for a couple more weeks but i really hope so at the end of the series we do another podcast uh, dissecting the wonderful tour that west indies would have had by that time in the england but so long for now yeah yeah it is great great to talk about such a important issue and as we both keep stressing the fact that cricket will not be the same without the flair of the of the men from caribbean so let's hope that comes back in their game at least it's happening in this in this cricket so let's hope that it hap- it uh, passes on to the t20 and even the one day team and uh, cricket will be uh, i would say in a much better and positive shape if these these people do well so as i said that's a very a very perfect and positive way to end this uh, podcast and i am i am again saying this i am pretty sure west indies will win the series so we can once uh, once the series happens so uh, yes sure hmm. okay bye thanks thanks for